Stand by. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello. Welcome to the Libro Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical Libro Cubicalist. Let me start by saying that there may be spoilers, possibly. I don't know if it is a 100% guaranteed chance, but there is a chance, so this warns of them. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. Ha ha ha. No, the only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes. I'm saying all of this fast to illustrate that today we're going to try to stick to the timer. I know I say this every goddamn time and quite often don't, but I really mean it today. So wish us luck. And that is, of course, the podcast we, which is similar to the royal we, in that that means me. Oh boy. Okay, so going to push a button that will start the timer like this. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Dirty Rat Investors Group. Thank you for that. Movie the first, Rats. Yes, simple title. Uh, this is from 2016. It is a documentary. I see on uh, IMDb it says documentary horror, which is true, I suppose, if you're scared of rats, <laughs> like the missuses. I uh, should say on that note that uh, watch this with the missus. Uh, she is very terrified slash disgusted of vermin, rats in particular. Uh, actually, you know what? I think maybe mice in particular, which is kind of weird. Yeah, why do I think that? I, I think she, because they're smaller maybe and sort of squeakier. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Fears do not have to be rational. That's what fear is. Uh, this is a, uh, history of rat infestation in major cities throughout the world. So, uh, you're going to start in New York as you do, because it's sort of famously infested with rats. The horror of this for me, I I'm not too scared of rats or mice or anything like that, but, uh, what is sort of scary is, um, because they reproduce so quickly they are able to evolve very quickly compared to say humans so uh, in a human life uh, let's say 80 years uh, how many uh, generations of rat is that a lot well into the double digits I'm sure uh, so because of that fact uh, a, a young rat who at one time would be poisoned by a relatively weak poison uh, is going to evolve fairly quickly to become immune to that poison. And uh, apparently we're seeing this more and more where the rats are getting 
stronger, faster. We can rebuild them. Uh, it's just not good. Uh, this is directed by Morgan Spurlock, uh, who is good in the documentary field. Uh, Rating-wise, I'll go a solid four to five. Uh, if you don't like rats, uh, I'm surprised the, the missus wanted to watch this, knowing her hatred is so high of rats. But uh, she she liked it, so there you go. Next, we have Dishonesty, colon, The Truth About Lies, another documentary I've just realized that was unplanned. Uh, this one also chosen by the missus. A uh, fascinating look into why humans lie and also takes a sort of similar to the rats uh, discussion takes a, a, an interesting look at why we have evolved uh, to lie uh, apparently all species do to one degree or another that's including like uh, camouflage things of that nature uh, yeah got very sciencey rating wise I'll go another four to five uh, Trying to stick to the clock here. Uh, next we have Jacob's Ladder from 1990. I realized after watching this that when I saw this when I was a kid, probably in 1990 or thereabouts, I was way too young to have watched this movie. Uh, uh, mourning his dead child, a haunted Vietnam War veteran attempts, attempts to discover his past while suffering from a severe case of disassociation. To do so, he must decipher reality and life from his own dreams, delusions, and perceptions of death. Uh, also watch this with the missus, I should say. Uh, rating-wise, 5 out of 5. Holds up very well. This is pretty, uh, uh, a fucked up movie with a great little twist ending that probably most people know about. Uh, last but not least, Uncle Nick. Oh wait, what did I say? 5 out of 5, Jacob's Ladder. This movie also, 5 out of 5. Uh, very much surprised me. I, I should say that the day I am recording this is Boxing Day here in Canada. Which is, uh, uh the 26th of December, so... Still feeling that uh, uh, Christmas vibe a little bit. Uh, <laughs> nothing ruins Christmas like family is the only description in <laughs> IMDb. Uh, this stars Brian Poussaint, Brian Posehn, uh, Paget Brewster, Missy Pyle, Scott Adzit, Bo Bellinger, Mella Renee, the list goes on and on. Uh, it's about Brian Posehn goes to his brother's house for Christmas dinner. His brother has sort of married rich and, uh, chaos and hilarity and fighting and stuff ensue. Uh, it was very, very dark. And for that reason, I'm going to give this also a five out of five. I'm a big, uh, Brian Posehn fan. So maybe that is some of that rating because I see the critics do not care for this movie so much, but I... To sticking to the timer. Television talk. Today's television talk sponsor is Room Elephant Spot Remover. Thank you for that sponsorship. We're talking Top Gear Season 22. The kind of sort of... I'm going to go ahead and say... Uh, last season of Top Gear. If you're unfamiliar with Top Gear, what the fuck? 
you may have knowledge of the fact that uh, one of the presenters, Mr. Jeremy Clarkson, got into a little bit of a hot water with the BBC, British Broadcasting Corporation, for, uh, from the sounds of it, fighting with one of the producers of the show. They didn't get along, uh, and maybe it got violent. We don't know what happens behind closed doors. But he was let go from this show, one of the biggest shows in the world. Um, just period. <laughs> not not as much known in uh, Canada and the U.S. as it is in other countries. Um, but I think developed a fairly big following here. Uh, I've spoken of it on this podcast many, many times. My love of the show is just one of my favorite of this, whatever you call this style of show. It's not really a reality show. Uh, it's it's a car show, a show about cars. I, I'm not the hugest car guy. Uh, I do appreciate them and, and have love of the show from the point of view of cars, but that's not why I come back and uh, have such high regard for it. It is the interaction of Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May that keeps me coming back for more. Uh, Three Stooges-esque <laughs> on some levels. Uh, big on the dad jokes. Uh, very corny. Uh, uh, just a couple of guys goofing around and talking about cars and making us laugh. And uh, this last season, last episode, was, was very strange. Jeremy Clarkson wasn't there for the sort of in-studio parts, uh, but they did have, like, a giant uh, fake elephant in the room, which I thought was a, a pretty funny tribute to not mentioning the fact that he wasn't there and why he wasn't there. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to watch this is, well, of course, I love it, but uh, also in preparation to watch uh, their new adventure over on uh, Amazon Prime, uh, with The Grand Tour, which uh, yesterday I actually watched the very first episode, so per perhaps we'll, we'll, well, not perhaps, guaranteed we'll talk about that at some point. Um... Actually, well, why don't we... I'm seeing we have time now. Yeah, why don't we talk about it now? Uh, Top Gear sort of transitioning into the Grand Tour is very seamless. Uh, seamless to the degree that... Uh, I'm sort of surprised that they get away with taking as much as they have from Top Gear and then doing it in this new show. But you can't really trademark segments of shows, I suppose. And shows are going to be similar, so... <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Uh, the first episode uh, apparently had one of the biggest budgets of any television show ever, just sort of period, and uh, I can see that being uh, being the case. Uh, they did some racing, as you do. Uh, spoiler on that one, I, I do want to give away. Uh, they had three race cars, um, and they sort of bet on which one would be the fastest, and Jeremy Clarkson was so confident uh, that the car he chose would be the fastest, that he bet the other two that if it wasn't, they could tear his house down. Uh, now, uh, the the obvious sort of realist part of my brain realizes he probably was going to do this anyways, and they just used it so that they could get it involved with the show as a sort of funny little setup joke. The other thing, the, the other part of my brain, realize, even realizing that fact, fucking loved it, got a good laugh. 
uh, he, the look on his face when his car was actually the slowest of the three uh, was pretty priceless. See, and that sort of illustrates me knowing that it was probably set up. Um, it, it didn't sort of shade the fact that these three, their interactions with one another is just spot on. Uh, probably the best three just dudes to interact with one another on any level, period. Wow. Wow. Five out of five for that. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Today's game gabbing, huh? Sponsor is Anastasia Lieferhausen, environmental attorney at law. What? Yes, today, surprise, surprise, unless you read the description. Uh, we're going to do a g double game gabbing ep episode uh, just for the reason that uh, the book that I'm currently reading, I haven't finished. Mostly because, uh, as I already mentioned unprofessionally, it is the Christmas holiday, so uh, my reading goes down because I'm not reading at lunch uh, during work times. Uh, and then at night, often because my days are so busy, I don't read as much as I normally do, so everything sort of goes down. Uh, so that's my excuse, but it allows us to talk of dungeon mastering for the misses. What? Uh, if you've been following along, you will know that I've sort of uh, dipped my toe into the world of Dungeons and Dragons as far as playing. Uh, we've talked about it on a couple of occasions. My uh, character, a gnome bard by the name of Wee Red Owl, who plays an accordion. Wee Red Owl, Weird Owl, get it? Uh, anyways, uh, my sort of love of Dungeons & Dragons from a player's perspective uh, has meant that I've done like many before me and tried, made the attempt to go on the other side of the table, the running of a game. If you're unfamiliar with Dungeons & Dragons, uh, it's one person uh, sort of creating a world in which other people play. Um, that's sort of it at its core. So I'm sort of the one creating the world in which Emily is playing in. We did one session. Uh, it was sort of a beginner's, typical beginner's, uh, uh, find yourself in a tavern, <laughs> as you quite often do at the beginning of uh, D&D games. Uh, and then you have to uh, kill rats in the basement. Again, very, very typical. I even remember a video game called The Bard's Tale, in which that was your first mission, and they sort of broke the fourth wall wall a lot saying that this is quite often the first mission the killing of rats in a in a basement but it, it was good for me to sort of feel my way uh, on somewhat uh, known territory and it was good for the misses to sort of learn the rules a little bit the other thing uh, planned on some degree is as i've mentioned her fear of rats uh, so I saw out of uh, I, I th sort of thought that maybe uh, that would get her uh, uh, pulse pounding a little bit. Uh, she has decided to play an elf druid, which is pretty cool, and she came up with the name Anastasia Lieferhausen, which is pretty fucking awesome. Uh, I did give her an extra uh, uh, inspiration for that name, I will say. Uh, inspiration is uh, that's deep into the rules, which I 
don't really have time to get into the rules of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, there are many great videos out there explaining it, if you don't know. Uh, so uh, what I've done is created an adventure. I've sort of got it up to the third session planned, uh, depending on how often we play and how long we play for. What I'm kind of doing, and since the missus friggin' doesn't listen to this podcast, I don't think uh, I could sort of say this without giving too much away. I'm I'm kind of basing it on the uh, adventure zone on their podcast as far as the sort of grand overreaching story of gathering uh, grand relics uh, in order to stop evil on the world. Uh, I, I took that sort of loose outline and then sort of uh, made it my own is kind of how I'm looking at it. So, so far so good. Uh, I still got a few kinks to work out. Uh, I forgot to have her roll for damage a couple of times just because the rats, I, I knew they only needed one hit to kill them. Uh, so that was my fault. I, I should have had her roll regardless. Uh, lesson learned there. Uh, the other thing is I have like uh, sounds and uh, visuals to accompany uh, my storytelling. Mm, interesting. Oh, so I've included uh, in the description the dungeon mastering tool I've created in Excel that uh, you can use for yourself. It even has built into it that first mission. So please feel free to take that for yourself and build with it. Stick into the timer. Today's second game, Gavin, sponsor is Caulfield Beached Whale Removal. Okay, if you listened to last episode, you will know uh, we talked Life is Strange Parts 1, 2, and 3, which means today we're talking Parts 4 and 5, which will wrap up our Life is Strange talk. This game uh, really surprised me on a few levels, uh, actual surprise of things that happened in it, but the additional level was how much I enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. On that note, easy for me to say, 5 out of 5. So this is a pretty incredible experience. Um, you play, uh, I'll just give you a brief outline because I did last time, so I don't want to get too deep into the whole thing. You play a uh, college girl who uh, shit starts to go crazy where you can control time. Uh, for the most part... Uh, at least until later on, you're using it to rewind, you know, maybe a minute, if that. So say if you say to some, someone, you're a fucking idiot, and then they don't take that well. <laughs> uh, you can then rewind and then say something not as offensive. Just as an example. Uh, th there's many more sort of subtleties of the time manipulation uh, from a game pay play perspective. But uh, that's it in a nutshell. Uh, then you have this sort of wrapped in a story that sort of treads between the supernatural and the thriller and the uh, murder mystery and uh, romance between me and my uh, a girlfriend. Ooh, lesbian romance? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, I, I don't know how... Uh, how uh, in-depth you can make that, because there's also the option to sort of hit on, flirt with a guy, but 
uh, as comfortable in my sexuality as I am to play a game where I am a young girl. Uh, the idea of playing as that young girl and then hitting on uh, flirting with a boy. Uh, if there's another option, what there was, which is to hit on a girl, I went with that option. So let me just throw it that way. Uh, on this, this is uh, <laughs> speechless. Uh, very infrequently do I plan things I want to say. Almost never, in fact. But when it came to talking of life and strange, there was one thing I did want to make a sort of mental note to talk about. And that was, I can never remember playing a game or a movie or a book or, or really much of anything uh, where so many times I found myself uh, just mouth literally dropping open like in a cartoon. <laughs> uh, there's, there's so many twists and turns in this. Uh, I'm not going to give away who the bad guy is, but when when I find out who the bad guy was my my jaw went well this is audio only so i don't know why <laughs> i just said my jaw went and then i opened up my jaw in a shocked look uh but yeah really really blew me away uh there's sort of a serial killer vibe to this a, a little bit of a dexter uh, tracking down a bad guy uh, vibe to it, which I which I liked, which was more prevalent in these last games. It does turn out from a supernatural point of view, and you kind of get this early on, so not much of a spoiler. The fact that you're traveling through time is having negative effects on the environment. For example, it snows in the summer at one point. There's a eclipse that happens that wasn't planned. A bunch of beached whales. Uh, all sort of culminating in a giant tornado uh, that's going to destroy the city, the town that you live in. Uh, it comes down at the end to a decision of saving my girlfriend or saving the town. Those are sort of your two options. Uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead and tell you, I went with the <laughs> saving the girl rather than saving the town. Somewhat selfish, I suppose, but... I'd done so much to save her life so many times over the course of this story that uh, I just couldn't uh, see myself sacrificing her. So that's how I went. How did you go? How did you go? sponsor is ghost pepper fed chicken spicy chicken wings thank you for that uh item the first is rather a combination of many items and that is GameSpot's game of the year stuff uh if you are a youtube channel slash website devoted to video games at the end of the year you are going to have a shit ton of lists of best of and worst of and top and whatever of the previous year that's just how it works uh although that is a fact and everyone does it and it could get a little stale because it's just something that happens every year like uh, christmas for example 
they do it over at GameSpot in such a way that it is uh, pretty exciting, and uh, the content they put out around this stuff is is top notch. So uh, I thought I would bring it back here and talk of it a little bit. Uh, I have brought back their top three games. Uh, number three is Titanfall 2, which I didn't play. Uh, number two is Uncharted 4, which I didn't play. And number one is Overwatch 1, I suppose, which I also didn't play. So, apparently, I missed out on every top game of the year. Um, Titanfall, mostly online uh, shooter. Sure, there's a story, but that's probably not where the focus of the game. And I don't play a lot of online, so that's why I didn't play that. Uncharted 4 I didn't play because I haven't played the first three, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, and I feel somewhat completist in that. In order to play 4, I feel like I'd have to play the 3, and the amount of hours that would take, uh, I don't know, it's, it's boggling. Overwatch is the one that, despite it is online and online only, it looks like enough fun that I would probably play it. But uh, just haven't pulled the trigger on that, literally and figuratively. Even though of these games, it's probably the only one that I would potentially uh, buy maybe down the road. We'll see, we'll see. It just it does look like a lot of fun. Uh, I've had more fun watching people play, though. So, like a Fun House, for example. Uh, okay, so next we have uh, Veer Bambi uh, Camversity Trip Vlog. Uh, I should say that at this point, this thing is still brewing. Uh, so far, we've just seen the video of the mansion tour. So what this is, is sort of fascinating. Vera Bambi, I've spoken of her very highly on this podcast many times. I've met her a couple times. Super, super nice. Uh, Google Nerd Kane Adventures, and you will see pictures of her and many many others. Uh, anyway, so she was in, she's a cam girl, uh, among many other things. YouTuber, uh, cosplayer, uh, all around pretty awesome person as far as i'm concerned uh she was invited down to puerto rico i think it was shoot i don't remember i'm just gonna say puerto rico because i think that's what it was uh by a, a website called camversity which is as i guess a university of cam girls <laughs> a combination of those two words for some reason anyways the fascinating thing is like what is the like what went on at this thing what is the point of it uh, it's just sort of a fascinating behind-the-scenes look that is brewing over on Vera Bambi's YouTube channel. And uh, I can't wait to see more. She started off with just sort of a video of her driving around a, a golf cart talking about boobs. Uh, we have this one, which is like a tour of the mansion that they stayed in. Got to meet the chef and stuff. It's just a, a fascinating behind-the-scenes look. I recommend you check it out. Moving on to James Franco and Brian Cranston on Hot Ones. Yes. Wow. Uh, it sort of blew my mind a little bit. Uh, Hot Ones, I've spoken of here also, I don't know, we're probably getting near half a dozen times. Maybe not that many times. Maybe this is the fourth time or third time. It doesn't matter. Why am I counting the number of times I've spoken of this? Uh, it, anyways, a great little interview show where uh, a guy and guest will eat a series of wings progressively getting hotter and hotter. Uh, <laughs> the the people getting interviewed, obviously having some trouble <laughs> as they get hotter and hotter, answering the questions. 
Uh, this has got to be, I assume, his biggest pull as far as guests, although he seems to be getting bigger and bigger names all the time. So it's fascinating to come across this thing online uh, and see this guy get sort of more and more famous, uh, sort of watch that progression, sort of an interesting, also sort of a behind-the-scenes feel of him becoming internet famous and watching it happen before my very eyes. Uh, Brian Cranston, James Franco are... Uh, Okay, I, we're pausing one segment this time, all right? We did pretty good. We've earned it. Uh, they were on plugging something, as you do. Uh, I often think, what would I? how would I do on this show? I don't like spicy food at all. <laughs> this is, uh, fucks with my uh, uh, heartburn, and I don't like pain while eating. Calls, call me crazy. So I probably wouldn't be very good at this. Um, but luckily I'm not famous enough to be on it anymore. Jesus, not that I ever was. I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, okay, so lastly, but not leastly, in fact, mostly in some regards, is uh, year-end podcast extravaganzas. Uh, around this time, Christmas, New Year's, uh, from my perspective, not from when you're listening to this, uh, what will happen in the podcast world is quite often people will uh, pre-record a bunch of uh, best ofs or award shows things. It's basically how I do the uh, Scrooge reenactment thing. Uh, record something so that while you're away enjoying your holiday, you can just post that instead of a quote-unquote normal episode of your podcast. Uh, good for them, good for us. It's a, what do you call it, a win-win uh, three standouts are the Ace Awards, so that's Adam Carolla's podcast. We'll uh, talk about all the good things that happened over the year and then give awards for the best uh, best rant, best drop, best guest, best impression, a lot of bests of the year. Uh, then we have the Howdies, which is a very similar in nature awards given for the various best from How Did This Get Made podcast. Uh, and then, uh, last but most, one of my favorite things of the year is the best of Comedy Bang Bang. Uh, broken into, I think the last couple of years anyways, broken into four different parts, four like almost two hour long podcasts. You got a lot of stuff here. Uh, hosted by Scott Ackerman and Paul F. Tompkins, two of the just biggest podcast people in my brain. Uh, two of my two favorite podcast people, probably. Just those two. Sitting, chatting. Uh, running down the top episodes as voted on by us, the listener. Uh, and then they take clips from each of those episodes, fairly significant, like 15, 20 minute long clips, and play them. And then that's what they do for the last uh, four, uh, sorry, the last like two weeks of the year. Fucking amazing. I think that's the first time I swore in this episode, but that should further emphasize, emphasize, uh -huh. the the fucking amazingness of this thing this thing folks we did it we almost stuck to the timer the whole time timekeeper let's say as i do every day it's nice to be nice to the nice done and done and i mean done done and done <laughs> i like ron this is the end of the show a sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. 
you can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.